Let me start the recording here and let us start with a prayer. Ah, so grateful, so thankful to open our hearts and minds to the power and the presence of perfect love leading us, guiding us, inspiring us, living through us and as us. So grateful to open ourselves to this dynamic field of perfect love that's always our true identity. So grateful to open ourselves to the healing, the expansion, the clarity, the freedom, the joy. So grateful. So grateful and thankful to recognize and remember who we really are through our divine dialogue. It's happening now. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone and we joyfully allow our healing to expand and to be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. Yeah. So how are you? Uh, I'm well. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, And I'm definitely feeling the ups and downs of all of that. But I think overall I feel good. I have a few kind of major areas I'm working with and, you know, I fluctuate between remembering the truth and and forgetting, getting amnesia. And, (laughs) um, but, yeah, the thing thing that's challenging me is um, my work um, because I finally have a new boss after awesome. you know, it took 14 months to replace him, to, to replace right. the old boss. And so the new guy, Andy, started in January, so he's been here for two months. And I think he's really good and really smart, and I think he can really um, help us um, expand our offerings and improve the way we run things, and that's great. Um, it's also super challenging because... You know, I'm working with someone new. It's a new, um, the changes are starting to roll out now. And I'm, you know, I get scared about, like, what's going to happen. And, you know, ultimately I feel like everything that we're going to do is going to benefit the Skirball. But I don't know how it's going to impact me, how I'm going to feel about that. And so I get scared and I get into fear about, well, what am I going to do? Um you know, am I going to be able to stay? I'd like to go, but I can't, like, afford to just quit. And, you know, I don't want to go and do this job somewhere else at another cultural institution. So I've really been kind of wrestling with that. Um, it's getting better. It's getting better. But it's still, I get um, I get afraid. And, you know, I've had so much change. And I've, I've chosen, consciously chosen, all of it, uh, except for, you know, this piece of work. And I know part of that is, you know, part of my soul's growth and whatever curriculum and all of that, I get that, but it's not something that I decided I wanted to have this experience consciously. So, you know, as I'm doing all this other stuff and changing in so many other ways, you know, have this kind of feels like a step, that feels like a forced change, um, I'm really, you know, bumping up against that. And uh, I'm also feeling like, you know, trying to stay out of judgment about 
that I feel judged and trying to stay out of judgment of, like, what I've done and how things have gone. Like, sometimes I feel like, oh, wow, I really haven't done a very good job or I can see, you know, what needs improvement, but I'm trying to stay more clear on that. And it's like, yeah, there's things I could do better. There's things I could have done differently. But it's not that I've been doing a terrible job. It's just time to, for it to be different. Yeah. Yeah. What's your... Go ahead. No, I'll let you finish. Well, I was just going to ask you, um, do you feel like your vision for the future is shifting and changing? My vision for the future? Well, I, I definitely, well, you know, I've been wanting to leave for probably getting close to two years more seriously the past, you know, 18 months. Um, and I feel like, I feel like it, I was so angry, you know, before when I couldn't leave, when I felt like I couldn't leave. Um, but I also feel like I was spared from making really poor decisions. So I'm glad, you know, I'm appreciative of that. And I know that there's something in all of this for me. I, I totally get that. But um, it just feels so crappy sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I feel like part of me is excited about the things that we're going to get to do or, you know, the things that I can see, the positive changes that I can see that, that this new boss is going to be able to affect. And then part of me just feels like overwhelmed and tired and sick of changing and not wanting to be told what to do and not thinking, not being sure that I can be the person that's required to fulfill this job the way it's supposed to be done or the way he'd like it to be done. I think in a lot of ways, it's very interesting, Jennifer, because sometimes I feel like, oh, it's such... Sometimes I'm reminded, like, oh, it's such a great job and we get to do so many cool things and it's a beautiful place and I love the people. I mean, that's all really good. But then there's all this stuff that I'm not interested in or that I feel like isn't for me anymore. And I'm maybe not even the best person for this job. You know, there's things that I don't do or don't know how to do or don't really want to do. And how much can I change and what's going to be required? And, you know, ultimately, I want to go into to a spiritual career. And, you know, I just, I don't know how, I know I'm not going to know how, but I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm, I'm laughing at myself as I'm saying this because I know I'm not supposed to know and I don't have to know. But... You know, when I'm thinking about my livelihood and how I'm going to deal with that, you know, it's not even so much about my identity and my career, but it's just more about feeling aligned with what I'm doing and and just feeling like I'm not going to be, you know, I'll, ha I'll just be able to have all my needs met. And that just feel scary to me when I think about it. What needs would not be met? <laughs> well, 
I mean, I'm just thinking about having a job that pays me well enough to live, and, you know, I've just moved into a new apartment. I've had a lot of expenses with that. I have more rent to pay than I did before. You know, there's, um, I just, you know, I just want to be able to just be able to, I don't want to say make it because I don't want to be kind of scraping by, um, but, you know, I don't have to live opulently. I, I don't. So, did I answer your question? Yeah. You know what I'm hearing and feeling, Amina, is that you seem to be operating from a sense that <clears throat> the skirball is your source. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know the truth. But I know the truth is that God is my source. But, you know, I still believe that I'm here having this experience, needing to pay bills and needing to function. Yeah. And that this is, all these things are getting triggered so you can clear out the false beliefs, really. You're so intent on living a truthful life. How do I live like that? Like, how do I... Yeah, so what what are the thoughts that are most upsetting to you? Um, kind of muddled, so that's okay. The thoughts that are most upsetting include um, going to be stuck here doing this job, and I'm going to be told to do it in a different way that I'm not going to want to do or be capable of doing. I might lose my job before I'm ready to leave it. I might not, I might choose to leave and not have anything to go to that will pay me enough. Uh, a lot of it is is the unknown and just not really knowing what's going to be asked of me, what's going to be required of me, and if I'm willing or able to do that. And I'm really noticing a lot. That's been something you've been saying for quite a while now, that this is the fear that you that's been going on for quite a while now, that you are afraid that you might not be capable of things that you're asked to do. You're not really clear what you're being asked to do. Yeah, well, it's going to be clear soon. It's in the process because, you know, kind of assessing everything and determining how he wants it to be. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably be told in the next few weeks 
of, you know, this is what's required and this is what we're moving to. It's already, you know, starting to happen. But, you know, in this interim phase, it's very um, unknown. And so I think I just get really into fear when I think about that not knowing. And so, yeah, I know I'm not in trust. I know I'm not letting go. And I, you know, have moments where I, I get back and forth. Um, Are you judging yourself for anything? Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I'm judging myself, and I, you know, I every time I I think it, I do I do try to to shift it and to say no, I'm not going to do that. But you know, I am judging myself because you know I'm doing some comparing, and I'm you know I'm hearing and I'm watching and I'm realizing I've been doing a lot of self-reflection and reflection about how things work in our department and our organization as a whole. And, you know, some of that I have a part in and some of it is the way things are. Um, but, you know, just realizing, oh, yeah, this isn't really together. Or this could have been done a lot better. But we need a better system for this. And then some of it is like about my performance or my personality or what I do. Um, that's not really probably high enough level for the kind of job I have. And a lot of that is my interests have changed so much and my focus has changed. So, you know, I'm not trying to go to all these shows and read all of these books and read all the articles and stay current. I don't watch TV. I don't, you know, I'm... So, you know, ultimately, am I really a good person to be, you know, curating cultural programs because, you know, I'm not as up on it as, I mean, I'm still really good, good in a lot of things of what I do and I can, you know, assess things, but at the same time, I'm not going to have like a million new ideas about the hottest whatever that we should be presenting. And, right. Um, and, and just, you know, different ways of operating in the job. And, you know, some of it is I worked with the same person for a really long time. And yeah. we had, we were in a rut and the whole organization gets in a rut and all these things happen. And then, you know, my department shifted bit by bit and things got really disorganized because people kept leaving and responsibilities kept shifting and we didn't have leadership. We didn't have direction. And I... um there's things that I don't know because of the relationship with my boss and the things he did and the things I did. And, you know, what? another thing I realized recently is that he was so um, – he never criticized me. And, you know, that could be a good thing, but he also didn't really correct me or help me develop in ways that he might have. 
ultimately, it doesn't really matter. But I'm noticing that, yeah, I'm judging myself for my performance, my department team's performance, the overall Skirball's performance, and, um, you know, the things that don't seem organized or right or the way ideally they would be. Um, I'm also judging myself for being where I am right now and feeling what I feel and just going through this experience and this is something that I have to work with every day and, and, and uh, you know, understanding that it's a process and, you know, going to you or going to Jesse or anybody and saying, oh, yeah, I'm really in fear right now. I'm really, you know, don't know what's going to happen. It's like, yeah, I know I'm not in trust and I know... I'm not letting go. I know I'm not seeing it correctly, and and I'm judging myself for that for sure. Well, you're in the process of breaking through some very long-standing patterns. So, you you were not fulfilled in your marriage for a very long time, but you stayed. Yeah, and you gr- you grew yourself, and it was a safe place for you to grow internally, and you did that quite successfully. And in you, as you know, as you've talked about in your work life, it was like your work husband. You had a kind of a marriage there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in both your, what I'm hearing you say is in both your work life and your marriage, you weren't required to grow that much. Your, your, these two men in your life didn't demand of you that you grow and change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had and, to do that for myself. Yes. And you got very, very comfortable in your uncomfortability, in your uncomfortableness. And so now these structures are shifting and changing radically, and you're in a super growth mode, and it's a whole new paradigm for you. And you've been very comfortable in the paradigm you've been in for decades. Mm-hmm. Now everything is changing. So it's disorienting. Yeah. Yeah. And if nothing else in my life was changing, it would be a lot easier. But everything is changing. Yes. Yes. And so, and that's ultimately what you desire. Yeah. Definitely. Because... You, you've you come alive in the last few years because you've been moving out of stagnation. And you've been leading yourself on that journey. So the outer experience at the skirt ball is really reflecting your inner desire. Mm-hmm. So the thing for you to do is to be really clear, what kind of a relationship would you like to have with this new boss? What kind of experience would you like to have? Because you're the dreamer of the dream. Mm -hmm. 
you're not, it's not happening to you. It's happening by you. And the fear is a result of not taking, stepping into, okay, I'm the dreamer of the dream. What would I like to experience? And you don't have to know specifically. Just I'd like to experience uh, growth, consistent growth in my spiritual awakening, in my emotional awakening, my mental and physical awakening, and I'd like to feel profoundly supported by everything in the universe at all times. To be able to grow like a flower in a garden that is tended by someone who loves every flower in the garden profoundly. So in a certain sense, like I've just seen you in your marriage where you were in charge of your marriage and your husband was very passive and even resistant to change. And so you got to drive it at, at, a, at a pace that was comfortable to you. And even that pace was very uncomfortable for you. Right? What do you mean? Well, I remember the first year that you were in Masterful Living, that when we had the intensives, you every every session that we had... Pretty much you were crying because you were afraid of change in your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I Even though you weren't fulfilled and happy in your marriage, yeah. Even though you weren't fulfilled and happy in your marriage, you didn't want it to change. Right. You were afraid of change. But here's, are you enjoying living on your own? Yeah, mostly. I mean, I, I look at, I would love to have a partner, but, you know, I also mm-hmm. am enjoying, yeah, I am. I mean, I, I, I'm so. enjoying this phase of, not being in that relationship anymore in that way. And, you know, Juan and I actually get along really well, and um, it's very amicable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to – I definitely don't desire to stay on my own. But I'm happy being out of that marriage. And for the last year in your job at the Skirball, or so it seems to me, it's been about a year, things have been uncertain and up in the air, and you really have not liked that at all. Yeah, it's been over a year, and I've really hated it, and I've felt so stuck and trapped and unhappy, not knowing, you know. 
So what about really as a divine experiment, really saying, okay, I'm the master of my destiny, and to really envision what is it you would like? What is it that you desire? And to put real energy into that vision. At the skirball or just generally with work? Yeah, with work. And really open yourself to what is it you'd like to experience and what is it you'd like to experience at the skirball and have a very clear vision about it, write about it, make a vision board, put some real energy and effort into it because that's what's going to shift these circumstances. We work in the invisible. You're waiting for things to change, and you don't like that. And that's because it's your, it's your, you have the power to have your life be in alignment with what you choose. Yeah, and I've been thinking that I don't have any power, and I've been feeling like I have less power since Jordan left. And, and the reason, yeah, power. yeah, and the reason you've had left less power since Jordan left is really because you were resentful. Which depletes all your power. And you were judging this this woman who was, in a sense, your supervisor. I don't, I don't know how you would say, you know, your relationship to her, but in a sense, she was your your boss or the boss. And, yeah. And you were judging her, and you shifted that. So this is an opportunity for you to build that muscle of you are the determiner of your life. Because yeah. it's either that or your subconscious desires are going to take over and they're going to run your life. Our life always requires our conscious direction. And if we don't consciously direct it, the subconscious will direct it. And the subconscious is the hidden, the fears, the doubts, the worries. So that's what's happening. It's very uncomfortable for you. And this is a a great thing for you to realize because anyone you're counseling, that's largely what they're coming to you for is to help you identify the subconscious motivators so they can choose to address them and move into conscious choice of direction. Mm -hmm. 
So you're you're feeling resentful because you feel disempowered, but Amina, you're the one who's disempowered yourself by not yeah, using the like conscious power. It looks power like you it's have. other people. Yeah. 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 And this is the most common thing that most people do that leads to their pain and suffering is instead of thinking about, here's what I'd like to experience, here's what I'd like my life to consist of. Instead, they look at the world and forgetting that it's a projection and say, based on what I see in the world, here's what I think I could get. Here's what I think I could have. But the world that we're looking at is a, yeah, it's a projection. So if we look at the world to determine what we can have, we're not very effective. And that's, that's why we feel afraid and worried and concerned. But if instead we look within to our heart and to the I am presence, to the higher Holy Spirit self, and say, I'd like to receive a divine download of the vision for my life and I'd like to amplify it into every area of my life and be a vision holder. And knowing that the highest and best for me, that true vision is going to bring benefit to everyone in my life. So for years, you've been an extremely beneficial presence at the screwball, more and more and more every year. Until the last year when you became fearful and resentful. Yeah. And and I, I will say, though, I still have really tried to be, still be a loving presence there. And sure, I feel like I have sure. been, even though, you know, internally I've had such a hard time. I've really tried to be loving and supportive and demonstrating people, you know, not to worry about things and, you know, to, but, you know, I'm still, I, I mean, obviously I'm still having this issue, but I do feel like I I have been helpful. Hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure your presence is felt all throughout. So how do you feel about moving into the driver's seat of your life? Um, I would say next, you know, a little uneasy, but um, but also good. And, you know, it's important to remember that, that I do have the power. Yeah. Um, even when I don't feel like it. If you could plan your ideal life and organize everything and you had a year to put everything in place and to feel comfortable, what would you be doing a year from now? 
Um, it would be really wonderful to to just be full time and spiritually focused career, whatever that is. And to me, it feels like it might be more than one thing. But um, and I, I don't really know what that is. But I started, you know, teaching for Inspire, and I'm leading the new practitioner training group that just started last week with uh, mm. Brian Bucarelli. We're doing that together. And I taught a prayer class with Jesse in February, and, you know, I think I'm doing well with that, better than I thought I would, for sure. I mean, mm. I was pretty nervous about it, but I, I'm moving through it, and the first class was so great, and it felt wonderful. And, um, you know, I'm starting to feel like, yeah, I can do this. And I I don't know. I'm not attached to the form. And that's what I, you know, I've said this to you before, but I just, I'm grateful that I don't feel like it has to be a certain way or I have to be doing a certain thing. But I would like a little bit more maybe a little bit more vision might be helpful. Mm-hmm. But it feels like, like I would be doing a combination of things, ideally. Um, and, uh, you know, if I have, to, if I, quote, unquote, have to be at the skirball for financial reasons or because I think I really want to, you know, I would like it to be joyful and I would like it to be, um, fulfilling, and I don't know if that's in my same department or in another role there, or maybe I'm not there. I, I don't really know. Yeah. So working with the deep desire of your heart, working with visioning tools, there's, if you... You can always go back to any New Year's intention series that I did. Week two, I do the visioning. Yeah. And vision boarding, doing writing about what you'd really like to experience and how you'd like it to feel. The benefits that your work would bring. Allowing your mind to really open to the clarity of it will help release the fear. Yeah, this is really helpful. I, I did have a good conversation with him last Tuesday. I was really freaking out on Monday and Tuesday last week. And I had a good conversation with him, and I just was really open with him about, you know, some of the challenges that I had, you know, while in the interim period. And, you know, he was really appreciative of that. So I feel like if we can keep our dialogue open together, We'll understand each other better, and, and you know, definitely, I'm praying for his success and for all of our department success and fulfillment, and just trying to 
space of this and not dip into the fear as as deep or as often. But I also feel there's a lot of pressure because um, it feels there's it feels like a lot of pressure because it feels like there's not enough time to do all the things that need to get done plus the changes and the revamping and the visioning for, you know, our work together. It, it just feels like there's never enough time of meeting to meeting. I'm going to have to get off the phone in, you know, five minutes before so I can get back to another meeting. And, you know, um, it's, it's taking its toll. And I don't want to go back to the way I used to be where I just gave all my time and my whole life to the skirball and hours and hours and I worked extra all the time and you know right, I'm willing right. to do my work but I also you know and I know there's days I'm going to have to work more but you know that whole illusion of time and you know what I notice about myself is when I feel like I don't have enough time it really really puts me in a fearful place and it makes me feel very hopeless. And I, like, end up, a, I'm never going to get what I want. That's where I end up when I feel like I don't have enough So, again, it comes back to really recognizing that you are the determiner. It's really, this, everyone who's on a spiritual path must do this work of busting through the thought that the world is happening to us. Yeah. We have to. And time is usually a big bugaboo for many spiritual students because they become so enamored of and uh, um, attached to the formats of their spiritual practice and having time for it and because they know how vital it is to their happiness and so then they see time as an enemy to their spiritual practice or other things imposing upon it which it's really emanating from our minds it's not happening to us So anything that we're energizing, like there's not enough time, there's not enough time, then that only increases the experience. Right. All is well. Everything is supporting my life of love. I'm lifted and carried over all limiting thoughts. I live in the unprecedented field of love. Everything is working for me. Nothing is against me. I serve the light and all is well. Well, I know you said you had to go, so how about if I say a prayer before... Yes, thank you. You're welcome, and I encourage you to listen to this again. Oh, I definitely will. Yeah. Yeah, thank you.
Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad it worked out that because I I can feel this will also benefit Rainbow and Jesse. Oh, thank you. Mhm. So let's take this breath of love and gratitude together and be so grateful and so thankful for the peace of God that is infinite and eternal. So grateful that we are not victims of circumstances. We are in a divine partnership with life, with the higher Holy Spirit self, and we place the I am in charge of all choices and decisions. We are calling forth unlimited, unprecedented support in the field of love. This is what I know for Amina, for Jesse, for Rainbow, for myself. We're accepting it right here and right now. We're allowing the very highest vision for our life and our work and our experience to unfold. We're opening ourselves to unprecedented abundance and prosperity flowing in our life. So grateful to know that we do serve the light and we are supported in the light. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone and we joyfully allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah. You are welcome. God bless you. I love you, Amina. I love you, too. Mm. Bye for now. Bye for now. The moderator has left the conference.